Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Let's turn to Isaiah 58. Now, uh, I want to make sure because I you know, I was out of pocket last week. Pastor Josh, Josh did a great job. Let's thank the Lord for that. You, you, everybody just, just, man, doing it. Pastor Emilio and Pastor Josh are just thankful for all that God has in the house, all the gifts. Um, we did the 10-day Daniel fast, but just making sure our terminology is, is consistent, we are in the middle of a chosen fast. The Daniel fast is a part of the chosen fast, all right? Uh, we're really looking at the month of January. God spoke to us and said to do something unique. Uh, when, when you need something out of the ordinary for God, oftentimes you need to do something out of the ordinary. If we need, if we need breakthroughs that are, that are unexpected, breakthroughs that, that, that are above and beyond, we have to be willing to do some above and beyond things. How many agree with that? You'll say amen. We have to position ourselves. Now, let me make sure you understand this. We never earn anything from God. How many heard what I just said? You can't earn his favor and blessings. They are graciously given to us. But we can position ourselves. We can be where God told us to be. We can be there when God told us to be there. How many hear what I'm saying? And have an encounter that God has ordained. I believe there are many, many believers, and you're so close to a major breakthrough in your life, but you have to be willing to pursue God. You must be willing to draw near to him. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If you, if you pursue God, you're going to find God. And so I want to encourage you during this month, we're doing some very special things. We are going to do some Sunday nights. And uh, we, we began with our Daniel fast, but we're in a chosen fast. It's all encompassing. And there's some incredible uh, promises from Isaiah 58 that, that are given to us when we understand this chosen fast. We've committed this month to the chosen fast. We began with the 10-day Daniel fast. We're going to have special Sunday evening times to pursue. We, we are saying, God, I want you to examine my heart. Because one of the things that happens in Isaiah 58 is God told Israel, everybody with me on this? Everybody with me? God told them, you're just going through the motions. You're just going through the motions. It says, you seem like you want my presence, but you really don't. You do it on the outside, but you're not wanting me deep within your heart. <clears throat> the song we sang today, Pastor Emilio referred to, Lord, you know, I'm not seeking another blessing. I'm just seeking you. God, you're my reward. You're my treasure. You're the pearl of great price. You're everything to me. And, and, and let me help us today. If you're sitting here in this room or you're online right now, and that doesn't resonate with you, when you hear me say, God's my greatest reward, and you're sitting there going, not mine, it's because you've never met him yet. I want to say that. It's fair enough to say that. There are a lot of people. I used to sit in church before I accepted Christ with my mother and father, and I didn't get it either. Okay? I heard all the talk, and it didn't add up for me. I saw people worship, and I didn't get it. But I'm going to tell you something. When you've met him, when you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, when you know what his presence is like, when you look back on your life and say, God, where would I be? Who would I be? What would I have done without you? If you're 15 years old, if you're 25, 35, 45, 85, when you've met the living God, when you've had your own personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with him, 
It impacts every other part of your life. And this chosen fast is not about begging God to do something he doesn't want to do. It's not about trying to earn it or pay for it. It's simply saying, let's start this year. We've been through a lot in 2020 and 2021. We're facing some great challenges. But this is what we're saying as the people of God. We know that he is our answer. We know he is our solution. We know he is our healer and our deliverer and our savior. And we just love him enough and we just believe in him enough where we're saying we're starting this year and we're not trying to be average. We're not trying to go through the motion. We're not trying to just check off the religious boxes. We need a fresh encounter with God. Anybody with me on that today? <clears throat> Pardon me. And so let's look here in Isaiah 58, beginning in verse number 6. And this is again where we, we have these, the terminology, a chosen fast. So thank you for the Daniel fast, but we're not done. Amen? We're, we're not fasting our food. Now we're, in the, we, we're positioned with this Daniel fast to see what is God going to do next. Amen? What will he do next? So it's not just the kind of fasting I have chosen. Okay, now... The kind of fast God chooses is not the outer ritual formality. It's not that, oh, God, it's Sunday again. It's not, I'm, you know, if you, go to, if you go to Calvary, you better get ready. Pastor Sorry's going to pull some fast in January. You know, there's some people who don't go to church here until February every year. Okay, let's go on. Okay, but there's another real kind of fast, all right? It's not this kind of the fasting God said. We need to get this. Because it's not only about us, it's about everybody in our circle. Okay? He says, this is the kind of fasting I've chosen. To loose the chains of injustice. To untie the cords of the yoke. These are powerful statements. Okay? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it now, and then, see, we're, we, we said, God, we're not just going to cut and paste this chapter. We're going to get your heart. We're going to understand it. We're, we're going to obey it. Immediately, he goes into verse 7. It, two times. You, you can't miss this. Verse 7. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? Now, come on. <laughs> the last thing you want to do when you're fasting is give other people your food. I mean, you're already going, I'm hungry. And now you want me to give my... You, not only, Lord, Lord, you're saying, you don't want me to eat my food. You want me to give it away? Wow. See, that's not a common reaction, how many are with me? You, you begin to see God challenges us to do some uncommon things because he has some uncommon freedom waiting for us. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? This fast gets right there where we live. Now, verse 8, then what happens? Watch it again. Another round of promises. Then, not before this time, but after verse 7. Someone say after verse 7. After we get our eyes off ourselves and start seeing the needs of the people around us. So the whole concept of fasting is getting my eyes off of me and get my eyes on the Lord. And when we begin to get our eyes on Him, we begin to see what He sees, care about what He cares about, love what He loves. So we go to verse 8. What happens? Then, when that begins to take place... Your light will break forth like the dawn. Look at this. This is God's word. Your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you. 
I love one translation, probably most accurate from the Hebrew, accurate from the Hebrew here, is not your righteousness will go before you. It literally says the righteous one will go before you. God himself will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I'll say something more about that in a moment. Then, someone say then. See these conditional words? Then you will what? Call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If, someone say if. Okay. You do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger, help us, Lord. He says, if you want a breakthrough, quit judging people. If you want a breakthrough, quit condemning people. See, this isn't a this isn't a fasting 101. This is a big boy, big girl fast. I'm trying to think how you're supposed to, I can say this in church. <laughs> you got, you got to put on your spiritual big boy drawers. You got to, I'm trying to think. In other words, you, you got to get real with this. You understand what I'm saying? Is this real? Or are we just going through the motions of religion? He says you have to do away with the yoke of oppression with a pointing finger and malicious talk. You know what God is saying? Don't come praise me and in the middle of a fast and walk out the door and cut someone down. Come on, are you stop the malicious talk, he said. Just enough of that. Let it change it. In other words, this kind of fasting should change who we are. It changes how we talk. It changes how we relate to people. Everybody still want to do the chosen fast. He said, so, and, and here we go to verse 10. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, and it's inescapable in this chosen fast, then, again, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. Now, let me stop there. You say, Pastor, it seems like there's some then and now, if conditions. There are conditions, but they're, again, hear what I'm saying. They are the responses of a heart. That is moving closer to God. These are not things. Listen, let me be honest. These are not things you can do without his help operating in your life. This is the fruit. So again, he's saying, I want to see your heart in a place where I can give you some freedom like you've never seen before. How many want freedom like you've never seen before? Not just freedom talk, freedom. Verse 11 and 12. The Lord will guide you always. Thank God. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. In other words, even though the conditions don't change, it's sun-scorched, I'm going to meet your need no matter where you are, what's going on right now, okay? You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild. Look, this is important. Your people, your people, say my people, my people, we will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will raise up the age-old foundation. We will be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwelling. God is going to give his church a new identity in this season. How many hear what I'm saying? We're going to be given an identity by the world around us. God says if we really get in this chosen fast, it will so impact our lives and those around us that the world will begin to give us a new title. We will begin to have an identity that is the result and the product of God working and operating in our life. How many want to see what this chosen fast can be? You'll say amen. It, it, it's powerful. So let's, let's talk about something for a minute here. There, there's a, an incredible feeding element 
associated with this chosen fad. And so I prayed. I said, God, how do we, what do we do? How do we do this? And I sensed the Holy Spirit say, let's do this thing. Let's, let's feed the hungry. And, and let's do something that is not common, that's not ordinary, that could be called radical generosity. And so on the last Sunday of this month, on the 30th, we have five Sundays this month, that Sunday morning, I'm encouraging all of us, <clears throat> excuse me, to begin to pray. We've been doing this. You heard Pastor Josh share some last week uh, on this. Here's what I want to do. Let, let's, let's give God a day during this month where you go to work and say, God, I'm working for you and the hungry today. Come on. How many heard what I just said? Not working for the man. Working for God and the hungry. I'm Isaiah 58 fasting at work today. It's awesome. And the challenge is, on that day, let's come together and let's give God one day salary. Let's give him that salary that day. God, I just want to feed. We're going to put it together. So, Pastor, it's pretty radical. I know it is. That's why I want to have time for you to pray and think and plan. We're not just going to walk in that day. I want you to pray about this. It's one day to feed the world. We're going to partner with the greatest feeding ministry on the planet, the greatest Christian feeding ministry on the planet. And we want to simply say, God, uh, somewhere between now and the 30th, I'm going to go to work one day, whether I own the company or a servant one, and I'm going to give you this day. This day's yours. I'm going to bring it on the 30th, and I believe this is what's going to happen. Turn to John chapter 6 with me in verse number 5. John 6 and verse 5. How many are going to find that before it comes up behind me? It's already there. You're almost that fast. John 6 and verse 5. Let me show you this, and I want to move on to the freedom, because I cannot let you miss the connection In Isaiah 58, of feeding and freedom. Someone say feeding and freedom. Freedom. Feeding and freedom. I've never seen that connection until God put us in this Isaiah 58 fast. I believe the power is because it's not an ordinary response. It is a result of our hearts really getting there with the Lord. John 6, this is the picture of this. Are you with me? Look at verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? All right, I love this. I kind of feel like that's what God's asking us in this fast. Okay, and, and, and the next verse is my, one of my favorite ones in the Bible. Look at this. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he's going to do. How many understand God's way ahead of us? How many of us understand that when God gives you a challenge, he already has the answer to that challenge? It's just about my obedience. I'm not the source. He's the source. Come on. How many understand that today? I'm not the source. He's the source. God says, I've got something big planned today. (laughs) Nobody had ever seen what he's about to do. Do you understand this? Nobody had ever pulled this one off. Nobody had ever seen this. And so he says, I'm looking for a partner. I'm looking for somebody who will trust me. One, it doesn't make sense. Anybody in the house with me right now? Come on. All right. Obedience kind of works like that. How many of you have discovered in life that God will sometimes not make sense until after I do what he says? See, on this side, when God leads you to do something, you're going, oh, no. God ever scared anyone? Has he ever scared you with a request? He has me. And, 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 on, and, and when, when the request comes, and uh, come on, you, has anybody ever been like me and thought, dear God? Come on, how many people have ever been scared? If you've never been scared, you've never talked to God much. Okay? And so he says, this is what I want you to do. And you go, dear God. And before I say yes, 
All my thinking comes in. Come on, everybody, you been there? How is this going to work? How are we going to do this? What do you mean you're going to do? How do you? But, but then once I say yes, and I get on the other side of obedience, then I'm like, I sure am glad I said yes to God. Amen. Now I see what God had planned. So here's his plan. He, he's, he's about to show himself in an incredible way. He says, okay, we've got to feed folks. What are we going to do? He already knows what he has in mind. So he's just looking. All right. Verse 7, Philip answered him, eight months' wages could not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Wrong. Do you think Jesus didn't know that? Have you ever told Jesus something and you thought you really gave him some information? I was praying and God spoke to me one day and said, I know that. I was praying. I said, Lord, did you know that? He said, yeah. Did. Knew that, George. And I thought, boy, that was silly, wasn't it? Would you forgive me for that? So Philip did one of those things. Then look at verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. I want you to see how small his faith and short his understanding was, but God met him right at that point. Are you with me? Because look, he says, okay, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far is that going to go among so many? It wasn't God, I know that I know that I know. I've heard from the Lord. I've got a word from God. I can't wait to do this. He's like, I don't know what to do. I got this kid with his lunch. That's all I got. You've ever been there? Aren't you thankful God will take you right where your faith works? He'll take you. See, obedience is the greatest act of faith on the planet. Some of you think you've got to have faith the size of a mountain to move a mustard seed. The word says the mustard seed moves the mountain. It's not the size of my faith. It's the size of our God. Okay, and so he says, I don't know if this is going to work, but I got this boy, we got his lunch, and what do you think? Jesus, look at this. He doesn't, he just says, okay, have the people sit down. He says, let's get to it. There was plenty of grass in that place, the men who sat down, about 5,000 men and their families. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said, the disciples gathered the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered what? All this. <laughs> they, they, I've already read way past the scripture up here. So, so there was enough. Someone say there was enough. Now let's go back to Isaiah 58. That's all I want to say about the, the, the feeding. But I, want to, I, I can't miss that. You've got to understand that. That when we begin to do what God tells us to do, God is going to show up and do something unexpected. God's going to take it and make it enough. And so I'm thankful that you and I are tracking right along here in Isaiah chapter 58. Let's look at verse 6 again. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice? I, w- I, want, to, I want to help you with something. Do you know the most difficult kind of bondage in your life is that I feel bound, I feel limited, I feel restricted, I feel wounded, I feel... Uh, captured by something another person did to me. Do you know that one of the things, if there's anything that is eroding the future of our culture today, it is the victim mentality. I can't be who I could have been because of what they did to me. I'll never reach the goal I had because of what you did to me. You were unfair to me. That's an injustice. Look what he says. The first thing he says is when we begin to move into this Isaiah 58 chosen fast, he says, I'm going to loose the chains of injustice. 
I'm going to go into the lives of men and women who've been treated unfairly. I'm going to look up first those who have been treated wrongly, who have suffered because of the deeds of other people. Anybody with me today? God says, when I begin to lose this supernatural freedom, I'm first going to go find people who are bound up with injustice and I'm going to loose or throw off I'm going to break these chains they're going to be set free and what you've lived under all your life you're going to start living without that from this day forward now Pastor Tony does most of our marriage counseling around here but you don't pastor 40 years without doing a lot of marriage counseling and here's what I've discovered I've discovered that many people who've come to Christ and, and, and they've given him their hearts and lives. And, and before Christ, there was a lot of baggage and damage and wounding and, and broken promises. And, and they come to Christ and they want to make their life work. And they have hopes and high expectations. And, 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 and maybe they're in a subsequent marriage. And, and they just are like, God, I want this one to be a good one. I, I want things to work. But here's what I've discovered. Until the chain of the injustice that was done to you back over here until you get out from that until you stop dragging that ball and chain anybody with me into the next marriage into the next setting into the next moment and still you t- stop treating this husband like he's the old husband and still you stop treating this wife like the old wife anybody still with me until you stop yelling at these kids because of those kids there is going to be an issue but when you come in the presence of the living God he says I'm going to break in justice off of you and what you've lived under all these years God has the ability to literally set you free it's the power and presence of God look at 2 Corinthians 3.17 this is what we don't understand you, you, you don't become free, 2 Corinthians 3.17. You don't achieve this kind of freedom going through religious rituals. There has to be an encounter with the living God. What do we read here? Now the Lord is the Spirit. How many of you thank God? And where what? Read it out loud with me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, let's read it again. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. My friends, listen to me today. This isn't just talk. It isn't just feel-good stuff. It isn't just a carrot dangling out in front of us saying, if I keep on trying harder and get things just right, and someday I'm going to live out from under what was done to me. No, the Bible says the Spirit of God can move into your life and break that chain off of you and you can be set free. That's who Jesus is. Amen? That's why this fast is not a fast that is just ritual. He says, don't get this mixed up. This is a supernatural encounter with the presence of God. Anybody with me? Look, this is what Jesus said. Let, let's read these verses. I want you to see this from Luke chapter 4. Luke, the fourth chapter. This is all about what the power of the Holy Spirit can do. Watch this. You know, Jesus had been baptized by John, right? When he came up out of the Jordan, the Holy Spirit came upon him. The power of God came on his life. He instantly went into the desert for 40 days. And Satan battled him and tested him. But when he returned, look at this. Jesus returned in what? The 
power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. Let's read. So what's his first message? What's the first message after his anointing? He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. Verse 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom and stood up to read. I've always thought it interesting. Jesus had a custom of going to church. Well, let's just go on. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, it wasn't just any place. He intensely found where it was written. Let's read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why did the Holy Spirit come upon Jesus? Why does the Holy Spirit release during a fast? Why do we sit here today and have the audacity to believe that God can heal and set free and loose chains of injustice? Because the Spirit of the Lord is here. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Because he's anointed me to do what? What's the anointed proclamation of Jesus? To proclaim good news to the poor. Someone say good news. Good news. He has sent me to proclaim what? Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and set the oppressed free. One more verse. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Church, you and I need to understand the favor, the anointing, the spirit of God rests when his people begin to seek him and go after him. That Holy Spirit begins to do what? What were we reading here? He begins to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, and set the oppressed free. How many of you would say, Pastor, I'm ready to be released from injustice. I'm ready to walk out from under injustice. There, there is injustice. There's injustice in our culture. But where we make the mistake, listen to me, church. Listen to what I want to say. I, I think about it. Tomorrow we're celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., such an incredible reformer. But if you study and read and understand his life, his, his passion for freedom and equality was birthed out of his relationship with Jesus Christ. His, it was based on the truth of the word of God. And there will never be equality and freedom and real justice unless we understand the source of where that comes from. It is not a man-generated. It is not a, a, a politically-generated. It will come in the midst of a people who have said, God, I want you more than anything else. Lord, I'm going to seek you. Lord, I'm coming hard after you. God, not because I have to, not because I'm earning. God, because I desire. And what happens when you come in the spirit of the Lord? The chains start falling off. The oppression starts leaving your life. That word oppressed, do you know what that word means here? To set the oppressed free. It's a word for being bruised and wounded down deep inside. God says, in this fast, we're going to get real. We're not just going to be on the surface. I'm going to reach down inside of you where you've been hurting a long time. I'm going to reach down in that place where you're bruised. Nobody can see it on the outside, but on the inside, there's some things that aren't working well. Your organs aren't functioning well. Your heart has a bruise on it. Your, your, your breath isn't what it ought to be. Why? Because you've been bruised and you've been crushed. But the, the Lord says, I'm going to set you free and I'm going to break the yoke off of you. The yoke, you know, the yoke, that's what you put on something to make them do the hard work. How many of you say, I've done enough of Satan's hard work in my life. I'm ready to come out from under that yoke. I'm ready to be set free. I'm ready to be delivered. I'm ready to be rescued. And, and what do we do? Then we've got to go right through verse 7. Share your food. 
provide for the poor. We go down to verse number 8. What does he say begins to happen in this fast? He says, your light will break forth like the dawn. How many say it's time for my family to come out of the dark? It's time for my life to come out of the dark. It's time for me to come out of the darkness of depression. Is anybody with me today? It's time for me to come out from under that oppressive darkness, that heaviness of depression, that despair of insecurity and inferiority. If you're listening, I want you to understand that God says, I want to set my people free. I want there to be real freedom. I don't want this just to go through the motions. Excuse me. I want there to be freedom. But what we have to look with, and and, and we go to verse 8, then your light breaks forth. Your healing quickly appears. This is the picture in, in the Hebrew here. Your healing will quickly appear. Some have been praying for healing for a long time. I understand that. And, and, and so, Pastor, should I get my faith up in this? That something's going to happen. Here's the picture. The picture, and I didn't understand it at first, quickly will appear, is the picture of how uh, a plant buds, then blossoms, and then bears fruit. And literally what he's saying is, in an unexpected moment, your healing's going to bud. In a rapid pace, much faster than normal, it's going to blossom. Way ahead of the schedule anybody gave you to be well, it's going to bear fruit. And what God says is that as we can begin to get in this fasting and this freedom from His Spirit, that by His Spirit, we're going to see things that would happen slow, naturally, begin to happen fast, supernaturally. God's going to take you where you are and move you along quickly. How many are ready to get healed Quickly, You're ready to be out from under bondage quickly. You're ready to move faster than they say. Your doctor is going to say, you're better than you should be right now. You're ahead of your schedule right now. You're beyond what I thought would happen right now. Your depression is gone. Your fear is over. Your face is different. You look different. There's joy. There's peace. How many want to come out from under the darkness and let God do something quickly? You'll call on the Lord. He'll say, here I am. But we go down, verse 9. If I do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if I spend myself on the hungry, there comes a place in a real encounter with God where you stop worrying worrying about what anybody else is doing. You're not worried about anybody else failing, messing up, doing the wrong thing. You're so consumed with God. I want to draw close to you. God, I, I, I want you. The, you know, the, the things that used to really bother you, somebody said, I can almost get close to God, but that one person just bothers me every time. Every time I start to fast, and you should be at my house. I'm trying to fast. I'm trying to get through to God, and you can't believe what I have to put up with. I was six days in the Daniel fast, and I went to work. If you had my boss, you couldn't fast either. If you had my employees, you wouldn't fast. You'd cuss if you had to do what I had to do. Right in the middle of it. Every, the devil knows how to push my button. But there comes a place where the Spirit of God begins to do something in your life. And you know those things that used to bug you, that person that could push your button? It's just like a little gnat. It's like, eh. Come on, I'm, I'm going after God. Come on, anybody with eh, I'm going after God right here. They're going to do the same thing, say the same thing, be the same people, but you're a different person. And that same old thing that used to trip you up is, eh, I'm going on after this. You know what? Your wife's going to look prettier. 
Your husband's going to look more handsome. Your children are going to be more obedient. You know why? Because you look at things different. Come on, don't shout me down. <laughs> it's going to begin to shift. It's going to begin to look different. It's going to, your pastor is going to preach better. Why? Because something is happening in your life. Something is turning over in here. I, I, I you know, I want us to get to the place. Uh, I, I was reading about Martin Luther, and one night he was awakened in the middle of the night, and the devil was standing over his bed, glaring at him. The devil, not a demon, the devil in the middle of the night, looking down on his bed. And Martin Luther said, "Oh, it's only you," and rolled over and went back to sleep. Come on. He didn't even rebuke him. Come on, you know you would have rebuked the devil. Midnight, you look up, the devil's in your face. Come on, you would have got up out of that bed. In the name of Jesus. I tell you. But you know, there comes that point where you and God got this thing going. And it's just like, I'm going to sleep. It's just the devil. It's just the devil. I'm going back to sleep. It's just Aunt Matilda. Aunt Matilda's always Aunt Matilda. It's just a weird Uncle Harry. Uncle Harry's always been weird. As long as I've known Uncle Harry, he's been weird. I'm not going to let that bother me this time. My next-door neighbor's dog always chews up my petunias. I'm not going to let it bother me this time. How many understand what I'm saying? There's something different happening. It's a real issue. There's freedom that begins to happen in your life. We stop responding the way we responded. We stop seeing what we've been seeing. We stop thinking like we've been thinking. Something begins to shift because heaven is invading earth. This chosen fast is bringing freedom in our life. And as a result of that, let me just fast forward. This is what begins to happen. Verse 11, the Lord guides you always. He begins to satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. That's so important. We stop waiting for perfection and realize God's with me right here. God's with me right in the middle of this thing. He's meeting my needs in a sun-scorched land. He, I, he's strengthening my frame. My body is strong. I'm, I'm good. I'm well. I, I'm, I'm like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. But look at verse number 12, and I want you to see this. Something begins to happen. There begins to be this, this difference, this, this uh, identity begins to happen. It says your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. What had happened, Israel had forsaken God and, and, and foreign armies had come in for the first time and, 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 and they devastated the city. And God says, if you'll walk with me through this thing, the places where the enemy has stolen from you and ripped you off, and robbed you of those promises of God. He says, you know what's going to happen? We're, we're, we're going to begin to rebuild some of these things. These things that, that will shame and ruins. God going to bring restoration. Someone say restoration. Then he says, your people are going to do this. My people, we are. He says, you will raise up age-old foundation. Listen to me, church. Our challenge, our call our anointing is not to try to recreate old-fashioned ideas it's not to say you got to dress like 1980 to be anointed come on don't anybody shout me down it doesn't mean you got to have red shag carpet to have a revival when he says raise up the age-old foundation he doesn't mean you got to wear a honey bun on your head some of you don't know what that means. If you don't, don't worry about it. You're, just be blessed. It doesn't mean that I've got to dress some way you dress. And I come, everybody with me? Sing what you like to sing. It's not generational. It's not dated. 
is not old-fashioned or you're listening to me. He's talking about something that was before any of us were ever on this planet. So we don't own it. He's talking about the truth of the Word of God. And he says there's going to be such an anointing in the midst of a culture that is so anti-God that he's going to anoint his people with the spirit of the living God and we're going to begin to raise up age-old foundations. What does that mean? That means that we are going to begin to live a life based on the word of God. We are not compromising. We are not acquiescing. We are not giving in. We're going to begin to model and live a lifestyle where our young people, our millennials, our Gen Zs, our kids say, I want to live a life like that. I want to walk on that solid path. I want to do that thing. You know, that that's what begins to happen. He says, look at this. You'll be called the what? Repairer of broken walls. What's been broken? Hearts are broken. Lives are broken. Families are broken. Dreams are broken. Self-respect is broken. Anybody with me? Dignity, innocent, hope, Promises, homes, families, marriages, honor have been broken. But God says there is an anointing, a presence, His Spirit, His Word, His foundation that God is getting ready to reestablish His name. He is preparing a people to raise up His Word and heal the broken places. Our calling. It's not to be broken like everyone is broken. It's to be healed in the name of Jesus and, and build something that is going to make a difference. I want you to stand with me. I want our worship team to come. The promises of Isaiah 58, the promises of real freedom are overwhelming. They're overwhelming. They're exactly what we're needing. Church family, let me encourage you today. Let me speak into your heart today. This is not the time to be acquiescing and giving up and compromising. How many hear what I'm saying? This is not the time to wave the white flag and give up. This is not the time to say, uh, it's just too late for this nation. It's too late for my family. It's too late for this area. I'm here to tell you God is ready, is moving, is preparing, is getting in order a people so that we can be given an identity. The church restored the foundations. The church built up the broken places and the walls. His church has brought an answer and a solution to where we are today. And you're part of that. You're going to begin to be called that. They're going to look at the work of God and say, that restored this nation. That uh, healed my broken family. That brought hope back to my broken heart again. That began to restore these things that we thought were devastated and that are gone. I believe God enough, and I believe in the power of what happens when we choose his fast to tell you that we're going to raise up a generation with us right now and rising up in this church. How many are here what I'm saying? Who are going to be strong and mighty and great in the things of God? How many hear what I'm saying? They're going to be mighty and they're going to be strong. We're not going to fall into the trap and, and walk around and talk and point our finger and be malicious and say, I don't know what's wrong with these young people. I can tell you, I know what's right with these young people. They're going to be a generation raised up under the anointing of God and restored. We may have to have them restore some things we let be torn down. God's going to heal broken places. God's going to restore foundations. And I want to speak to you and your family today. And I want to tell you today. That God is able to take that family broken 
splintered, devastated, and put a foundation underneath it again. And heal the broken places and tell you it's not too late. There comes a place where we get in the presence of God and real freedom begins to happen. And we begin to look at things differently. It starts with who you see when you look in the mirror. And I'll pray you go home today and tomorrow, the next day. And you have enough time with the living God in this chosen fast until you say, God, I see who you made me to be. And I accept nothing less than that. Are you with me? If you've broken everything you ever tried, I'm going to call you a restorer of broken things today. If your family has been devastated, it changes with you. It starts in a new path. I don't know how many failures have come before today, but none of them are greater than the God we're serving today. And God says, you're going to be called restorer. God says, you're going to be named repairer. God says, my people. Come on, my people. Let's raise our hand. We're the people. My people are here. I want you to know this. God's for you today. God's for you today. He's not running from you. He's not pushing you away. He has me preaching and teaching to tell you today. He's ready right now. He's ready right where you are. It doesn't matter if I've been the finger pointer, the malicious talker, (laughs) the stingy non-feeder, the doubting Thomas. God says, I'll take you where you are, right where you are, and let's begin to walk this thing out right now. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.